Thanks for joining us here at Fully Yours, our cross-country conversation where three friends share their latest adventures with food to reflect on the themes of everyday life. The matters of the heart. We are fully yours because at the end of the day, food shows us just how truly, fully, we belong to one another. Welcome back to another episode of Fully Yours. We are Christy, Eva. <laughs> I don't know why I said your name. Wait, you guys say mine too. <laughs> okay, I'm going to rewind. Welcome back to another episode of Fully Yours. We are Eva, Chloe, Christy. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> and this is our special chicken check in episode, all about. <laughs> holiday chicken. <laughs> so <laughs> just to give our audience some background, um, right before I hit record, we were like, wait, what are we talking about? And I said, I feel like it's just a chicken episode. And I could have sworn that I said check-in, but I think I said chicken. She definitely said chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's the chicken check-in. That's right. So are you all cooking some chicken these days? Not I'm too definitely much. Not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know not how as much to. lately. <laughs> yeah. Chris really loves Samin Nosrat, who wrote Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Yes. She has some podcast. Oh, she's so good. I love yeah. her. She has some very excellent. I mean, she, all of her stuff is so helpful. Hmm. But we learned a way to make really good chicken. And we usually get ours, we try to get ours locally. So they're a little bit smaller, which actually makes them a little bit more flavorful, I think. But you like soak them in buttermilk over 24 hours or so, and it just makes them so Mm. moist and delicious. And then there was another thing in her cookbook, and she said it was like an accidental thing that she did in cooking school where someone like left the chicken out uncovered in the fridge. And so she was like, oh, no, it's going to be dried out and like taste bad. And, And then I guess it like the skin was like perfectly crispy. And so we've tried that and that's also very good, but she has a very fun way of explaining kind of food science-y stuff. And I love her just down to earth personality as well. I was just listening to home cooking, the podcast last night, their, um, their Thanksgiving episode. So they were talking more about Turkey than chicken, but that's all I got. I don't, (laughs) (laughs) I haven't made chicken in a long time. And I think I really forgot how to, but I have been, let's see, this is, this is a big segue, but the last uh, couple days we've been experimenting with some fun, different drinks right now. I was at Trader Joe's the other day and I saw this beautiful bag of fresh cranberries. If either of you read Yes Magazine, their most recent issue, they had an article about Cranberries by Valerie Seacrest. And she's a nutritionist who focuses on indigenous foodways up in the Pacific Northwest. And she was talking about the history and the medicinal power of cranberries. Um, and then just had a couple of like really easy recipes to do with it. So one of them was making your own cranberry juice. And you just take a cup of fresh cranberries. And I think it's like five to six cups of water and you bring it to a simmer. And I think it's, you simmer it for about 15 minutes on the stove 
and then you drain out the cranberries and add like a little splash of maple syrup and that's it. So that is kind of this Kool-Aid looking drink that I'm drinking right now, but it's really, I was really surprised. It's like, um, you can drink it hot or cold and the hot was more flavorful and the cold is, I think would be like a really beautiful base to any kind of alterations you want to do to it, or you can add like fizzy water or something like that. But that's supposed to be a really good way to kind of soak up all of the cranberry goodness. And then this morning I made, um, Christy, you mentioned right before the call, a peppermint mocha. And I made cashew milk, but with mm. cocoa powder and peppermint oil, peppermint extract. Kind of. And it just tasted like Christmas. It was so good. <laughs> so Sounds delicious. Those are my non-chicken items that I can share with you all today about what I've been cooking. How about you, Christy? Um, so I am thinking back to chicken. So, um, there's this incredible soup called Tom Kai soup and it's a Thai soup and I've had it only in Thai restaurants and I love the flavor profile. So it's basically a sauteed chicken, or I think sometimes they boil the chicken and then, chicken stock, fish sauce, coconut milk, and lime, and a little bit of honey. And just that flavor combination, there's something about it that is so delicious. I also added some miso, and then the chicken, and you just throw in whatever vegetables you have on hand, broccoli, uh, peppers, onions, mushrooms. I mean, it was just so good. So that's, I've, I've been experimenting with that a little bit. That sounds really that's good. Did so you good have a base? Yeah. A base recipe that you've been building. Um, I, I quickly looked it up online and there are some, um, like it also calls for lemongrass, which I don't easily mm-hmm. have accessible lime leaves, which I also don't have accessibility to, um, but just sort of like playing off of that. Yeah. Um, and the miso was an addition. So. Yeah. That was really good. It, it really, really is. I don't know how I managed to get the flavor profile, right? Like the first time that I took a taste of it, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is it. How did I do this? I um, love those moments. I know. Cause I, I don't measure anything. I don't pay attention to recipes. I just look at it to get an idea of what's in it. That was, that was really, really good. Trying to think of what else. I I really love braised dishes. Anything that can just like you sear and then you throw in the oven. And ooh, ooh, there's an incredible, incredible, it's not braised, but that's okay. Incredible cauliflower recipe. And it's different from the one that Chloe and I had um, a couple of seasons ago. But this one, you cut the cauliflower into steaks. So you just mm. cut straight down. And then you arrange it on a sheet pan and you toss it with olive oil, salt, pepper. And then I think it's like a 450 degree oven, throw it in and the bottom gets all nice and crispy and brown and caramelized. And then when it's done, you make a vinaigrette of lemon juice, capers, and a little bit more olive oil. And I think some fresh grated Parmesan as well. And then you throw that on top and then throw it back under the broiler for just a few minutes. And it is so Mm. good. Sounds so good. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm kind of obsessed with lemon and capers right now. I don't know why. <laughs> love lemon. I love cooking with lemon. Mm-hmm. Almost every year, Chris and I like to make latkes during Hanukkah. We don't observe Hanukkah, but the Jewish tradition is probably the religious tradition that I am not a part of that I have the most envy for. Is it Barbara Brown Taylor who has that book, Holy Envy? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're doing that tonight, which I think will be really tasty. And I made my first gelatin salad at Thanksgiving and it was so simple and so delish. And now Wait, I want to make gelatin all the gelatin things. Is it a jello salad or? Yeah, basically. So okay. the, the one I made was a recipe that my mom has made a few years during Thanksgiving. And it's, um, you just use like whatever fresh fruit you, you want. I used blackberries, clementines and grapes. Mm. And then, yeah, you just, you just put your gelatin and mix the hot and the cold water and then let it set. And then if you have like a pretty mold, you can do that. And then I put some fresh mint on it. It was very good. I'm also trying to find gelatin alternatives that might work because I know gelatin is very much an animal product. I mean, I eat animal products, but it's just, I feel like if I think too hard about where does this come from, it might go to a place where I don't want it to. (laughs) So if you know of any, yeah, there's this thing called agar agar and I don't know much about it. Chloe, do you know? Oof. Um, it's been a while. I had a cookbook that really used it a lot, but does it have a similar consistency to gelatin? Can it kind of make that? It definitely can. Um, yeah. So if <laughs> Eve, I know that you watch the Great British Bake Off. Oh my gosh, yes, I love it. <laughs> so there <Obsessed>. is <laughs> there is an episode <laughs> where they have to make like a jelly cake. Did you see that one? It's in the newest series. Yes, with like the design inside of it on top yeah. of the cake. Yeah. 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 So I think only one of the contestants used a gar gar. According to Wikipedia, it is a jelly-like substance obtained from red algae. Agar is a mixture of two components. We really don't need to know this, but if you're curious, it's the linear polysaccharide agrocose and a heterogeneous mixture of the smaller molecules called agropectin, if you needed to know. So yeah, so it is a plant-based. Cool. Yeah. I wonder if I could find that in the grocery store. Probably not. Maybe online. Online, probably. Yeah. yeah. That's good to know. And I, I think it behaves differently. Like, I think you have to treat it differently. I, I think, mm, I, well, never mind. I just won't speak upon it because I don't know. <laughs> I had to make a gelatin salad as well for the first time when I was appointed at my church. Um, we did a ham and bean supper. This was last year, way before the pandemic, about 10 years ago, it feels like. Uh, <laughs> and I had never made one either, but it's a very, very traditional church potluck thing to make. And so I looked up like, what does this even look like? I, I know what it looks like and I've seen it, but like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going for here. So I got strawberry jello and a bunch of cans of sweetened condensed milk. 
And so you can make it with the sweetened condensed milk and almost like make a creamy texture. And so I used one of my bump pans and did like the red on top and the, Hmm. the more milky one on the bottom. And I think it turned out pretty okay. So that was, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I really enjoyed the, the one I made it, it uses, um, you can use wine or you can use sparkling water. And I just mixed, my mom suggested to just mix the sugar because it's already so sweet with the fruit and everything and use white grape juice and seltzer mixed together. But it just makes a nice like thing on the side next to all the rich food. Ooh, and another thing I can't get enough of is Brussels sprouts. So Mm. I've, the farmer's market that I get most of my produce from they have stalks of Brussels sprouts and I've never seen them in stock form Mm. before. So I've been getting a lot of those and again, just roast them until super crispy and then lemon and capers. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Mm. Could you almost make like a creamy lemon caper sauce? Would you have to just mix it with? Mm. Just or would that be weird? I have a good recipe that uses tahini. Oh, lemon tahini. It's so good. And some olive oil. My gosh. Okay. So there's a restaurant, um, a few towns over from me that does crispy roasted Brussels with bacon and a lemon cream sauce. And I've been trying to figure out how to make that lemon cream sauce, but also like that kind of defeats the purpose of Brussels sprouts, but (laughs) (laughs) brings it to a nice net zero. Sounds pretty it's so amazing. fun to play with Brussels sprouts, though. You can do so much with them. Yeah. So here we are a couple of weeks into... Actually, we're recording. So the three of us celebrate Christmas. And we just realized this morning that it's next week. Isn't that... That had not crossed my mind before. Yeah, yeah it's next Friday. No. No. <laughs> Wait, is it not... <laughs> It's, it's, we're, we're it about is a Friday, a little less than two weeks out, <laughs> two weeks from Friday, from this past Friday. No, but today's Sunday of this week. And then it's next week. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, it's less okay. than two weeks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very extended view. Of oh, Chloe. <laughs> hey, I have a question though. What? So, and then we can get back to Christmas, but I've always wondered this. Okay. When you're referring to March of 2020, do you say in March or do you say last March? I say 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's either pre or post COVID. Oh, Um, right. If it's last, if, if, if I'm saying last, that means the year prior. So March 2019. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. If I'm talking about, so today is the 13th. If I'm talking about Wednesday, the 16th, is that next Wednesday? Where is this question going? Because I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, there has been so much confusion about this at work and in other places in life. I just need a consensus. If I'm talking about Wednesday, the 16th, which is three days from today, is that next Wednesday or is that Wednesday. That's this Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. So clarify by saying this Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. So next Friday is Christmas. Next Friday is is Christmas. Yes. (laughs) 
not this upcoming Friday, but next Correct. Friday. Correct. <laughs> Maybe it's the confusion that today is Sunday. And so I'm thinking Maybe like, so yeah, if the week starts on Sunday, then, mm-hmm. but if the week starts Monday, then it would be in two, yeah. two weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Christmas Glad is next clear. Friday. <laughs> I feel like you were going somewhere with this, Chloe, and I just had to. (laughs) It's coming so soon. Yeah, I just wanted to because we we all checked in last month, too, and um, that's kind of been our theme this holiday season, just slowing down a little bit and having some time to chat. And so I was wondering what's different since we talked last and and what's not. And um, yeah, how you're spending your days these days. In addition to all of the amazing Brussels sprouts and gelatin <laughs> bun cakes, but not together, please not together. <laughs> Ooh, kind of could, right? Gelatiny Brussels sprouts. Oh no! <laughs> all some cream sauce on top. <laughs> I do love on the Great British Baking Show when they're going around, when the judges are going around and asking people what they're making, and like sometimes they'll be like how much gelatin are you putting in? And they'll say, and they're like, what? It's going to stand up or like, it's going to be stiff. I don't know. It's just funny. This is why I watch the show because the world goes from like many problems like COVID and racism and sexism to like, are your egg whites going to (laughs) set? These are important (laughs) questions. Yes. It's a nice escape. I'm trying to think about what's different or what's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it sounds you said earlier that this is the first year ever that you're actually enjoying Christmas music. That's pretty different. Yeah, that's big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this is going to go away like Christmas Day. <laughs> and I think I know where it comes from, too. So I hate Christmas music. Like that's still a part of my identity. That's still something that I claim. Uh, is this something as, like you've, this has been many years? Yes. Strong hatred. Yes. But I think what it is, is that I've worked retail for so long oh. that the jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell mm-hmm. rock is constantly spinning in my head. And now that like I don't, I, now that I get to choose when I can listen to Christmas music, like there's something about that, but obviously this year we need a little bit of joy. So this very minute, right. (laughs) So I stopped by a Christmas tree farm before they were officially open. I miss that store. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely don't have those in Arkansas. (laughs) And wait, you said the Christmas tree farm or the Christmas tree store farm? Oh, well, uh- I missed those two. <laughs> <laughs> so the maybe I did say store. I don't know. But you the- said chicken, actually. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> okay, so- sorry. Keep telling your story now. <laughs> so the farm, they were doing like some sort of photo shoot or something. So my parents and I pull up. And the guy, like we rolled down our window and the guy was like, are you here for the photo shoot? And I looked at my parents and I was like, no, what is this? 
Yes. And so they hadn't officially opened the farm for the season yet. And they had all their Christmas trees out and a local photographer was doing photography, like family portraits and stuff. So that was very sweet. And here we come, you know, uh, we'd like to buy a Christmas tree. Are you officially open? And they're like, no, but yes, we can totally sell you a Christmas tree. And it was just like the sweetest thing, sweetest people. I'll drop a link in the show notes. They are incredible. Just a very young couple getting started. They initially started out in Worcester and now they moved out to where I am. It was, it was just such a wonderful experience. So I, I highly recommend dropping in way too early before the season officially starts, get your Christmas tree. And yeah. So, I mean, this year I've just been sort of jumping the gun as is. And, and even today, um, I've been working a lot on commissioning paperwork. So I needed a bit of a break and I decided to go for a sleigh ride meaning a car ride with my dog. And I stopped by a coffee shop and picked up that peppermint mocha that we were talking about earlier. And we just drove, there's a a really beautiful reservoir near me. So we drove out to the reservoir, drove around and listened to Christmas music the entire way. And it was just so lovely. So that's what I've been up to is secretly singing to Christmas music, even though that's not my identity. (laughs) I I still hate Christmas music, but I don't know this year, something changed. Have there been particular songs that have been redeemed for you or like ones that you are enjoying this year? I mean, Jingle Ball Rock was the number one offender for Mm -hmm running around in my head as is carol of the bells because it's literally the same thing over i knew today was gonna be a sing-along yes yes and then there's like the Mannheim steamroller version that's like super intense yeah yeah the heavy metal guitars and everything Yep. So that's, that's, those are the two offenders. And like, yeah, probably at three in the morning, I'm going to wake up with my eyes wide open and it's going to be with Cosmo just staring at you. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm learning to embrace it. So (laughs) nice. How about you, Eva? Let's see things that are new for me. So actually, Um, The week after Thanksgiving, I had to go to Dallas, um, which is about five or six hours from where I live, because I have to do psychological testing as part of my ordination process. And at the time, I thought it was required to be in person. So I had to really think about if I wanted to do that, but decided to do it. And I stayed with my parents. It ended up all being virtual, (laughs) which was kind of funny, but I spent the week with them and it was just it was just three of us. It was really nice. Chris and I alternate whose family we go to every other year. So this is our Indiana year to see his family. Um, so I got to have a little Christmas with my family and I helped them decorate their tree and we watched some Christmas movies and I'm also cranking out ordination paperwork. So that was most of what I did during the week, but um, it was just cozy and brought me back to some some childhood traditions of around Christmas and 
I'm really missing kind of end of semester things with students this year. It's just really weird to not, I mean, just the thought that I haven't seen some of them in 10 months is so strange. Um, But typically during finals, there's a day between the last day of class and when finals begin called reading day. And our office usually makes 12, 13, 1400 cookies for just whoever wants to come and have a cookie, take a break from studying. Um, and it's always a hit. Um, we do it with the Dean's, the Dean's office and yeah. So I really, I really missed that this year more than I thought I would. And just like, you know, office, office Christmas stuff. And it's just a very weird, it's a very weird year. So I, as I was mentioning earlier, before we started recording, um, Similar to the way Lent felt this year, I guess we were sort of in the middle of Lent, the Christian season of Lent when COVID sort of started shutting things down. But there are a lot of themes related to Advent, this like season of preparation around waiting and anticipation and kind of treading through the darkness that feel really connected to this sort of collective time that we're all in and so I've been doing a lot more reflecting and, and journaling and trying to really, as much as I'm like really loving all the Christmas cheer, I'm also trying to make room for, for some quiet. So I'm lucky to have space to do that and, and time to do that as well. So and just trying to look forward to 2021, which like sometimes feels complicated to me because a lot of the stuff that we still, obviously a lot of the stuff that has happened in 2020 is going to be continuing a lot of our big questions and issues are still going to be big questions and issues, <laughs> um, but it's just been a year. And it, and also just, there's been a lot of loss and grief, not, not just COVID related, but I've just had a lot of people close to me who've lost loved ones for, for other reasons. A lot of friends have lost grandparents this year and yeah, it's just been personally hard for a lot of people I know. So just trying to hold them a little bit. I'll also share briefly, Chris and I have a small garden plot and I went and harvested a bunch of kale and carrots and stuff last week. So that's been life-giving to have good food growing, even in the dark, cold days. Always appreciate those rhythms of the farm. Yeah, we've been having um, rainy days finally. So it's just even like, I think it was last week or the week before we had another, we were getting down to frost and then we had another week in like the seventies or so, which in some ways of course was like wonderful, but I've just really appreciate the rain that we've been having these last two days and the gray skies and feels like finally kind of a settling down a little bit. And I think that's kind of reflective of how this month has been too. The first couple of weeks were really a little bit chaotic. We're kind of trying to make some transitions in our life right now. It has felt a little bit less, less busy. And so we did not do a tree this year. I know last episode was talking up all our decorations that were going to happen and (laughs) decided to shift a little bit. But I actually like, I feel really happy. I didn't even take everything out. Um, I didn't take out all the ornaments and everything and just tried to keep it sort of simple. So we have a big bookshelf over on our wall and put some lights on it. And um, Charlie 
has some really beautiful little things from Germany that we put out each year. And then I have this nativity set that was made, I think in, it was made out of bamboo leaves. I found it in college, but it's these little, like this, it, it's really incredible. It's just these little people that are made out of twisted bamboo leaves and they like have such detail and character to them, even though they're made out of bamboo. So that's one of my favorite Christmas decorations that we have and that we put out each year. So that's kind of been it. Just really trying to kind of take it one day at a time right now. And I'm appreciating that because I think something I've always thought has really interesting about December is like normally kind of what you're talking about, Eva, like normally with school systems and even like a lot of workplaces, there's this sense of like rushing in December to try to finish everything up. That's always felt like very disjointed with with sort of those Advent themes that you were talking about in some ways, or at least like disjointed with where I wanted to be in my heart, like <laughs> in terms of slowing and preparing and noticing. So, um, so there's definitely some of that going on this year, but I feel at least this weekend, a little bit less of that kind of harried pressure. I feel like I say harried a lot on this podcast. <laughs> I never say that outside of Harried. I don't think I've ever heard you say Harry. Oh, good. Okay. (laughs) Maybe it's just been in my head lately. (laughs) (laughs) Just like I have like a visual image of it. Just like me. Kind of like, um, oh my gosh, who's the character in Peanuts? Is it the one, Pigpen, the one that has the little like dust cloud around him? Yes, I love Pigpen. Yeah, like that, but like all the little things going on around, <laughs> like, Burr. so yeah, I think, I don't know, I can feel like that often. And so I, I appreciate the times when I get to kind of step away from that mental space. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I'm often trying to navigate um, the difference between rest and avoiding things that I actually really need to attend to. (laughs) Um, I feel like that's been a big thing for me in 2020. And, and with that, trying to approach that from a place of curiosity rather than judgment, you know, asking myself, "Hmm, I wonder what's, wonder why I'm avoiding this, or I wonder what feels hard about it. And then usually when I answer those questions or attempt to, then I can move into a place of focusing on what's right in front of me. I guess to use Enneagram language, that's big for Enneagram nines is we get distracted by all the shiny things that sometimes need to just focus on what's right ahead. Yeah. So sometimes I can look very, very busy and very harried, but I'm not actually <laughs> tending to the thing that is perhaps most important for that day. So there's a lesson in there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to take very seriously um, Sabbath. So at this point, I'm pastoring three churches and I work 16 hours a week with another organization. It's, it's actually been an easier transition for me to block out Sabbath time. And it's, it's really, really fascinating because I did not expect that to happen. <laughs> you know, my evenings are, are pretty sacred right now, whether that means I'm watching Great British Bake Off or um, if I'm making dinner and really spending time with it. 
or if I'm just enjoying the company of Cosmo and throwing a ball around and, you know, those, those moments have been become really beautiful for me. And it would be very easy for things to slip through. I think when I create those boundaries in the beginning, they're like hard and fast and no, I will not answer the phone after four o'clock. Um, I will not look at my emails. That's a very easy thing to say in the beginning, but I think it would be very, very easy to slip back into old ways. And so even today I had a parishioner call me and I'm usually not able to get a hold of her. And I was like, oh, should I answer? Should I not? It could be an emergency. And like, as a clergy person, you're always sort of juggling that. And so I picked up and I'm really glad that I did. Thankfully it wasn't an emergency, but we did get a chance to catch up and it was, it was actually really nice. And then I hung up the phone and went right back on to, um, I've been working with watercolors a lot recently. So, so I've been doing that and yeah, um, it's, it's coming easier than I thought that it would in terms of giving myself time and making time for, for me. So still haven't learned that Christmas song on the banjo, but it's on my list for this week. (laughs) what are your favorite holiday treats or just special foods you eat during christmas my dad always makes fudge that's like the thing that we take to all of the cousins and aunts and uncles it's always uncle donnie's fudge (laughs) um so that's pretty amazing and then this year did i talk about this last time i I've been really into gravy this year. And so I'm really excited for gravy and potatoes. Yeah. And then I just think like, I really love minty stuff. So like love peppermint ice cream, peppermint stick ice cream, like the bright pink bubblegum pink ice cream. And then, um, yeah, just like that chocolate peppermint thing. I don't know, like anything with peppermint in it. Um, at this type of time of year in particular, I'm not a huge fan at other times of year um, or something I really like. How about you too? Yeah, I um. So I used to work at Starbucks and one of my favorite things to do when it, I, I'm not a big fan of pumpkin spice for me, it just, it's overdone and um, really, really sweet. But one of the things that I would do, which is still overly sweet is I would take, and, and you can totally steal this recipe. Go ahead. Um, they'll make it for you. A couple of pumps of chai tea and a couple of pumps of white mocha, and then you make a latte out of it. And the chai and the white mocha is just so good. And it has the warm spices of the holidays. Like it's, Oh, it's so good. And the peppermint mocha at Starbucks, the mocha base that they use is just like dark chocolate. And of course there's tons of sugar in it, but like, I love dark chocolate. I cannot get enough of it as dark as you can get it. There's something about that bitterness and that richness. That's just phenomenal. So yeah. And I still have a ton of Halloween candy left over. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I bought a couple of bags thinking like, oh, this is going to be because last year we had like a nor'easter or something and Halloween got moved to November. And then I wasn't around for whatever reason. So I didn't get a chance to do Halloween here yet. 
So this was my first year and it was going to be great and nobody showed up. So now I'm eating a bunch of Halloween candy and it's been a running thing where for the dinner churches where I serve, we do communion and we do communion with whatever we have on hand. So recently it's been Halloween candy for me. But (laughs) one of the things that I realized that's so not okay, but still really funny. I realized that I cannot use a Kit Kat bar for it because the jingle break me off a piece of that Jesus Christ doesn't really work. (laughs) But it's an actual wafer, Christy. It is. It's It's a wafer wafer filling. (laughs) That's right. It's communion. (laughs) I think Jesus Uh, would approve. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I, you know, the, the Christmas, the Halloween season is kind of blending into the Christmas season, which is fine. Everything blended together this year anyway, so (laughs) might as well. So dark chocolate, that's, that's what I'm really going for this year. Cookies are such a big thing in my family. And for many years, we kind of made the same thing. So like my mom makes these, she hasn't made them in a long time, but Carmelitas and they're Lots of bar cookies. So it's like a layer of pawns, I think. I've made them before, but I don't remember what's in them. But they're so just like chunky. Okay, now I'm picturing them. There's like an oatmeal top and they have chocolate chips. They're very good. They're just like chunky, chocolatey, like lots of textures going on. Um, My dad also makes fudge and then like pecan, pecan tarts and pecan sticks. And I love, he inherited a lot of recipes from my grandmother and she gave him a couple cookbooks that were my great grandmother's. And then he gave some to me. Um, So I'm going to try to make, uh, my grandmother used to make these forgotten cookies, which are meringues with chocolate chips in them. And so you bake them at a really low temperature for a long time. And actually you can like turn the oven off and leave them overnight and they'll just like get a nice crispy but still like melt in your mouth melt in the mouth I always think of Paul Hollywood because I feel like he always says that in the baking show um why are they called forget me cookies or forget cookies forgotten I guess because you leave them in the oven overnight or something oh okay um I mean you shut it off so there's no fire hazard or risk (laughs) um but they're just really light (laughs) I've forgotten the forgotten cookies. <laughs> I totally did the first time I made them and they were a little brown. Um, they're not supposed to be brown at all. <laughs> but, but I was looking in the recipe book that was my great grandmother's. She has some recipes that in parentheses, she said like were her mother's. So going back wow. like several generations, which is cool. So this year I'm going to attempt some more difficult things just because I want to. I want to try a Yule log, wow. which I've never done. Was um, that in person from British Book Oh, totally. totally. Uh-huh. And my mom used to make them for a while. And then, um, yeah, we just have it in several years. But And then I also want to try um, Chelsea Buns also from the <laughs> British Baking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's savory. I want to try and make that for like a savory lunch thing. Mm. They're basically like cinnamon rolls. The recipe is similar to a cinnamon roll, except, you know, not sweet. And then you add whatever filling you want. Yeah. So it'll be fun to experiment and 
Yeah. I don't really have, there's not like staple dinners necessarily. I mean, those just change year to year. Cookies are the, are a big thing. Do you, do you put them on plates and give them out? I do. Yeah. I usually make some for coworkers and yeah, we always okay. take them to family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fun to do like cookie swaps too, where people mm-hmm. will bring their favorite things from their family and this year's going to be different, it sounds like, but still some things. We now have Yule Logs and Christmas music going on, so <laughs> there are some good some good parts <laughs> shining through. <laughs> I'm curious about what, what, church, what church and ministry might look like um, for Christmas. I know, like, Christmas Eve services are pretty in-person, are sort of off the table for churches around here. Yeah, it'll be online worship. And in some ways, I think I know some pastors who are kind of looking forward to it <laughs> because they get to be home on Christmas Eve for the first time and what might be decades for some of them. Mm. But I know for a lot of people, it'll be it'll be really weird and hard. So there are a couple of options. So two of my churches are fully online, fully connected and one church is not at all connected. It's it's been really rough to try and figure out an an outreach program or how to do church when folks don't have internet access. So we're going to do what we do every every week that we gather, which is I record a service and then make it audio and then post it to a phone line so that folks can just dial right in from their landline and access it that way. And I also mail out a bulletin um, so that they can read along as well and, and sing along to the hymns and that sort of thing. So for Christmas Eve, our Bishop and cabinet has generously put together just an incredible service And I'm going to take that and basically do the same thing, extract the audio from it and post it to the phone line. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to be able to get the printed version. Um, That might be a little bit complicated, but we'll see. Um, And then for the other church, I'm going to do a Zoom party with both churches. I'm going to share my screen and then we'll, we'll listen to it together. So That's the plan. Um, New England has been very generous about providing conference-wide worship services. So we did that for Pentecost and now we're doing it for Christmas Eve. So that's been really nice. And I think, you know, to be honest, I think it's a, they're making it super easy for clergy to be able to say, no, we're not meeting in person. It is too high risk. So that's really such a great and creative way to include people with, with the audio and phone options. Yeah. Cause that's a real, that's a real thing. We've been working through a, um, a liturgy made by a group called sanctified art. And that's been really, really lovely and supportive during the Advent season because um, they create a daily devotional that you can share with the congregation. And then also the, the liturgy itself that includes um, a lot of poetry and the whole theme this year is it's called Those Who Dream. And it's about how dreaming and staying awake at once, <laughs> um, which is really cool how yeah, that kind of the ways in which the season 
calls us to imagine big for what could be to have faith in that vision and also staying awake to what is and kind of working to bring those realities together. So that's kind of been our, our Advent journey online. It's been a nice, a nice change of pace. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. I've heard really great things about sanctified art. So maybe, maybe we'll pick it up next year. It sounds lovely. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's a lot of artwork and like even altar designs for, for an altar included in that as well. So lots of creative ideas there. I love the idea of trying, we're getting a little, I'm getting a little shop talking about ministry here, but I, something that I've been really struggling with this year. And, and obviously I come at this from a place of like, I am not, I am not pastoring a church. I am, I am in a pastoral role in some ways, but you know, I just, the way the system works is I'm not advent services and Christmas services are not part of my job, but I've just been really curious about, like, I know my, I have a lot of pastor friends who've just been experiencing a ton of pushback about moving services online or why aren't you filming in the sanctuary? You know, why aren't you just very, very wedded to the, to the church building in the sanctuary? And, and I completely get that. I think for me, I've just, I think a lot of my spirituality and my attachment to the church has been in other areas. Um, I mean, I totally get the value of like a beautiful worship space that is sacred and that invites reflection. And, but anyway, I'm very interested and am asking a lot of questions about like, how do we invite people to make meaningful worship in their homes? And I think there's such an opportunity to do that at Christmas and to make it be fun and to make it be family oriented. And, and maybe it can like take away some of that pressure that I think so many of us feel this time of year to like have the perfect holiday and, and the pastors might feel about having the perfect Christmas Eve service that makes everybody cry. And, um, you know, like churches I've worked at, it was always the damn Christmas pageant. Like, it's got to be like the same pageant from 50 years ago with the same characters and we have to get the parts out, you know, it's just like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Like, is there an opportunity to make this still meaningful, but simple? Jesus was born in a manger. I think we're going to be okay if we worship at home. So that's my church soapbox for the day. <laughs> that's real. Well, wherever all of you are as listeners for this holiday season, uh, we just wish that you can be in environments that are um, lend themselves to some comfort and simplicity and sacredness and that that can allow you to enter the season when we journey deeper into the depths of, of darkness and the beauty and mystery that is there and also yeah, notice where there is light shining through too. So thank you for staying with us this year as we as a group have been definitely sharing our own journey and trying to navigate these times. And we're really grateful for you and look forward to talking to you in the new year, I think, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We'll see you in 2021. Thank God 2020 is over.
<laughs> jingle bell, jingle bell, <laughs> jingle bell rock. <laughs> always makes me think of Mean Girls. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I forgot about that. Oh, it's oh, so good. That actually makes It's hard to imagine a jingle bell rock, like a rock fest with jingle bells. Like, doesn't quite go for me. But I am endlessly. You can stop recording at any time. But <laughs> I was like, my I'm mouse just... is hovering over it. And I'm like, should I? Because I think this is gold. So I'm just <laughs> always endlessly fascinated by like how the sheer number of how many different types of Christmas music there are. I just love it. I'm like always on a journey to like discover them all. But um, there's, yeah, there's some incredible yeah. like streaming music options on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube and one of the things that I've done this week is I have been in a Christmas coffee shop. I've been, Oh yeah, I did that too. In New York. (laughs) That's what it seemed like. So cozy. (laughs) And then one of my favorites is a Christmas lo-fi. So it's like kind of electronic music, but like super chill and like it's it's really really cool so i would suggest doing that yeah one more suggestion i i'll have to search for the link but there used to be this amazing npr show and the host was glenn mitchell who passed away gosh it's probably been 10 years at this point but he used to do this christmas special for 24 hours on christmas eve and he would just like play all kinds of christmas music from all different genres and he would talk about the history of them and it was just such a cool it was such a cool thing and he had he had everything from like coral to Santa I want a goat for Christmas which is one of my favorite you should look it up so anyway if people can find I'm sure there's some archives somewhere like on the NPR website or or somewhere maybe people would enjoy listening to that Huge thanks to our dream team for keeping us grounded and inspired, including Steve Dry and the Entrepreneur League based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, for their input and support of our podcast. Shout out to Melody Stanford Martin for our gorgeous logo design. And many thanks to you, our listeners. If you like what you hear, be sure to check out our website at fullyyourspodcast.com for even more recipes, writings, and resources. Drop us a line. We love hearing from you. And leave us a review on iTunes. It really means a lot. Until next time, we are fully yours.